Thank you for joining us for another podcast from Covenant Community Church. And now, today's message from Senior Pastor John Lofton. Amen and amen. So, I just wanted to uh, read those scriptures to you, um, and then uh, we're going to get right uh, into this, because I, I absolutely believe that before we can connect the dots of the kingdom to the community, we need to learn how to connect with each other in the church. Um, I know I've said this before that the churches are growing by leaps and bounds, uh, regardless of what people say, what people are running from the church, but actually churches are actually growing, but it's growing in attendance. And so as it is growing in attendance, one of the things that, that I can see, because as I look at the world, uh, I'm trying to, trying to figure out a metrics here on how can the church be growing in attendance, but the morality of our nation is going down. So there must be some way that we're not connecting the dots with what the Bible actually teaches, how we should be living, how we should be acting compared to Jesus Christ, not compared to the world. Uh, I say that because churches can become lukewarm and they will therefore become uh, a, a capitulatory to what the, 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 the culture wants to do uh, to make it seem like it's okay. Uh, sometimes that you can hear this. I hear people talking about uh, the word of God. Uh, people in the church should evolve in their thinking uh, and to receive some of the things uh, that are contrary to Scripture. Uh, that the church of God uh, should become a little bit more compliant to what the culture is doing uh, so that we can fill the seats. Uh, now, I don't want to be negative, and I don't like to preach negativity, uh, but I've, I don't believe that this is negative. I just truly believe that at some point you have to come back to a defining point in your life to say that, no, God says, I change not. So if God does not change, that means that his words does not change. And if his words do not change, that means we as Christians, when we receive his word, we shouldn't be changing based on how people are going to treat us. Uh, I know that it can sometimes seems like we can become narrow minded and we can become judgmental at times, but we're just people, too. But even though that people in the church can become that way, um, we still have a, 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 a fundamental flaw that I see in the church that we want to be liked by everybody. And uh, when I look at the life of Jesus Christ, uh, there were scores of times when Jesus didn't quite say easy words to people. Uh, he wasn't really interested in pleasing people. He wasn't a people pleaser. Uh, he just stuck to what his father spoke to him, and he spoke it in one way, and that's in love. So if we're not doing what we're doing in love, then we're doing it for all the wrong reasons. And so we have to be a community of love. All of us have different reasons and, and different excuses as to why we don't connect with other people. Maybe you just don't like talking to people. Maybe you just don't like people. Okay, maybe you just don't. I know everybody, you don't, you know, there's some people you just don't like being around. Because I, I, and one thing, I, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, I can't stand being around negative people. It's always negative. It's always bad. Every time you go around, there's always something, uh, this is going to happen. Somebody get promoted, you know they're going to lose that job. Somebody get a car, they're going to have a flat. 
I mean, there's always something negative. I, 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 can't, I can't stand negativity. I don't like it around me. And so, so what I do is bring my positiveness in that negativity. And I make sure that for every negative thing they say, I got a positive to say. Well, at least they got a car. At least they still have a job, praise God. Amen, because we can all get cynical and we can all get negative about our lives. There's always something about our life that we don't like. But if you keep on speaking that stuff in your hearing, faith comes by hearing Romans 10, 17. And you keep speaking that negativity into your mind, then you begin to believe it yourself and you will never do anything beyond your own belief. Oh, at that moment, you don't need the devil to tell you that you can't do it because you're not going to do it anyway. So we have to get back to building peripheral relationships in the church, saints of God, is what I'm saying. Get outside of what you normally would do and just begin to call up somebody that you wouldn't normally call. Uh, take somebody out to lunch or, or invite somebody over for dinner. Get to know the people in the church. We only have about 100 folks in our church. It's not hard to get to know each other in this size church. There's no excuse not to know people in this church. Hello, saints of God. So before we begin to get the 200 or 300 or 400, let's get to, let's get, let's start connecting the dots with each other right now so that we can build those powerful covenant relationships. So when we do have that two and three and 400, everybody begins to connect because we understand this is a family. It is the body of Christ. Amen. Uh, over there, Matthew chapter nine, Mark chapter five and Luke chapter eight, it captures the life of this woman who had an issue. How many of you guys know about the woman with an issue, the issue of blood? Uh, this woman was hemorrhaging and then she, blood was, was just coming out of her body and she was losing so much blood that the doctors had given up on her. But you know what, saints of God, there's a scripture in the Bible, Leviticus 17, 11, it says life is in the blood. So in other words, when this woman was losing so much blood, she was losing her life. And there was one thing that could help her. And she saw this one thing that if she can connect with, she saw one thing that if she could get close to Jesus and touch the hem of his garment, she knew that inside of herself uh, it would stop her flow. I believe this woman right now today represents the church. Because the church is hemorrhaging. The church is losing its life force because although we are getting bigger, but we don't know each other. And we're hemorrhaging because the life force is being connected to Christ. And if we're connected to Christ, we should be connected to one another. And the one thing we have to see, just like this woman saw, that sometimes you got to fight through the confusion. You got to fight through the criticism. You got you to fight through the negativity to begin to connect with somebody. And when this woman's faith connected with the omnipotence of Christ, something changed on the inside of her. And so what about your faith? Because the word, uh, the word touch is an amazing word because when she touched the hem of his garment, Jesus turned around and he said something that was quite amazing. He said, who touched me? Now, now there were a lot of people around Jesus at this particular time and, and there were people touching him all the time. But, but when this woman touched him, he took note of it. So what was it about this woman's faith that turned Jesus? Because he said, the, he who touched my clothes, if you look at the word touch, is in the Greek, it's a reflective word, and it means to set on fire. So in other words, this woman has so much faith inside of her that when she touched Jesus, it set her on fire. How much faith do you have? What do you have to fight through to get to Jesus? 
How much fire do you have to read his word? How much fire do you have to worship him? How much fire do you have to fall on your knees when everything else has failed? How much fire do you have to really, in obedience, reach out to other people in the body of Christ? Not just this church, but it's one body. We all have different names, but Jesus calls it a body. And we got to get back into body ministry. Amen. So this woman, this woman did something. Uh, she began to talk to herself. And I, that's an amazing thing. How many of y'all talk to yourself? I mean, I'm not talking about it in a spooky way. You know what I'm saying? I mean, how many of you really talk to yourself? I mean, you talk to yourself. Sometimes, you know, when, I, when, when the doctor said I had cancer, I did a lot of talking to myself. Right. Especially when I was driving back from Atlanta, coming here to preach, I was doing a lot of talking to myself. I was like, God, you know, your word says that I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above only and not beneath. Why? Because I was building up my faith because when I got in this pulpit, I had to have enough faith to give to you. And if I don't have faith in me, I can't give faith. Hello. So I had to speak the word. Faith comes by and hearing the word of God. So I had to hear the word of God regurgitated in my ears and I had to speak it to myself. Therefore, I didn't need a pastor. I didn't need somebody to call me and encourage me. I encouraged myself in the Lord. And sometimes you have to do that, saints. But if you, if your encouragement is dependent on somebody calling you, then you're putting too much control in somebody else's hands. And what we need to do is take the control back, take our lives back and say, God, if nobody calls me, I'm still going to serve you. Because my relationship is not the sum total of how many people do or don't call me. My relationship depends on how intimate and how connected I am to God. Uh, and you will understand how connected you are to him when nobody else is around. Uh, and you're about to lose your mind. Uh, and all your plans have already failed. Uh, and all you can do is fall on your knees and say, God, I need you today. That's the kind of intimate relationship God is requiring of every saint. And you don't have to have a title for a relationship with God. And just because somebody got a title, don't make them spiritual. You would know when you get close to somebody if they got a relationship with God or not. And some people don't want you to get too close because you'll see their stutter. You see they got that little <laughs> stutter, they got that little issue. Praise God, but that's not what I'm preaching on today. See, sometimes, saints of God, God will allow you to see the healing of another person to set your faith on fire for your healing or maybe somebody that you're intimately connected with. Because this woman got healed. Guess who was in the audience? It was Jairus. Jairus had already come to the master and pleaded with him to come and heal his daughter. While they were on their way, God allowed Jairus to see a healing being performed so that Jairus' faith would be lifted. So that by the time the messengers came from Jairus' house and said, don't bother the master, your daughter is dead, Jesus turned to Jairus and said one thing. He said, have faith in God. That's all he said. In other words, don't listen to the negativity. See, let me tell you something, saints. You're going to always have negative folks around you. There's always going to be somebody to try to talk you out of what God has called you to do. Just have faith in God. In other words, set your mind on things above and not on the earth. Think about what God is getting ready to do in your life and go beyond where you are in your present life. You may not have the money right now. God will get it for you. He's asking for instant obedience from us. Amen. 
So let's do a little recapitulation. Let's see what we've learned already. So lessons learned. We've already talked about uh, being a, the power of a covenant-connected relationship, that covenant-connected people would never leave the sheep unprotected, that we should always be covering the sheep, the body of Christ. When something happens, when a minister falls, we should be praying, not talking. First of all, the church has been hurt. First of all, we need to be praying for the recovery of the church that people don't fall out of church because of a mistake a man or woman made. That, that's what we should be focused on, saints of God. Because, listen, doesn't the Bible say be careful how you stand anyway? Lest ye fall, because you can fall into the same condemnation as these people will. Maybe if we prayed enough for our leaders, we'll stop having so many preachers falling. I'm just saying maybe. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I, it's not an exhaustive study on praying for preachers, but I'm just saying maybe. So covenant-connected people, they would never leave the sheep unprotected. They do not wait for a call when there is a cause. You don't have to have an angelic visit to do something good for God. But God, I want to do that, but I'm, I'm waiting for an angel to come to my room. I really want to serve in that ministry, but uh, I haven't really heard from the Lord. I'm just waiting for the room to light up and God says, go serve. Really? Uh, is it that you just don't want to do it? So if there is a cause, why do you need a call? If there's paper on the floor, you need God to tell you to pick it up. <laughs> okay, y'all don't like that one at all. Y'all got all fuzzy in the face. All right, let's go on to the next one. See, covenant-connected people would draw from the shepherd's bag. When David reached into the bag, it was called a shepherd's bag to pull that, that smooth stone out to kill Goliath. And the shepherd's bag represents the, the shepherd, the, the house of God with a shepherd. And five smooth stones represent the five-fold ministry gifts. And that when you want to kill your giants, uh, when you are submitted to a, a leader in a, in a church, a shepherd, and when that shepherd preaches you the word of God, you can take that rock, you can take that word, and that word begins to sink into your forehead so it can kill the giants in your life. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah, you got to go back and listen to the podcast on that one. And then also, we will find someone that we can lose ourselves in because when you connect it with people, when you are in a covenant with somebody, you want to lose yourself into these people. In other words, saints of God, you should have something in you that you want to give to somebody else. There's, there's, as a Christian, I'm, I'm saying, listen, I know in the natural, we always say I have nothing to give to people. But let me tell you something, you're, you're, not, you're not in the natural. When you are saved, God has given you a treasure inside. Something has exploded inside of you and everybody sitting in this church. If you call yourself a Christian, you got something to give to somebody else. And you should want to lose yourself in somebody else because what that does, it allows them the impetus to continue on when they want to quit. Why? Because you can see their destiny. You can see what God has for them. You can prophesy to them when they want to quit. And you say, you can't quit. You got to get in the press. See, that's when you're intimately connected with people, and that's what you do for them. But we will always behave ourselves wisely. David always behaved himself wisely, even, well, not always when it came to women. But um, I'm talking about <laughs> brother had a weakness like most men. So um, this, this brother, yeah, right, don't look at me all holy if you want to. So, so this, this brother behaved himself wisely when Saul took a javelin and threw it at him. David then picked the javelin back up to throw it back at Saul. That speaks of integrity. It speaks of character. And, and, and the pulpit has got to get back to being integrous. We got to stop getting up talking about the Lord told me to divorce my wife and you married a church secretary. You got to stop all this nonsense. We got to get back to some character and integrity in the pulpit so that the people of God can see that we're nothing but men and women. We are fatally flawed, but at least I can operate with some character. 
at least you know I'm really in love with my wife and I ain't trying to hit on nobody in the church. At least you can understand if you get close to us a little while, you know we madly in love with each other. We ain't got a front for none of y'all because we was in love before Aaron, one of y'all came to this church. Let me get good and ghetto. <laughs> Aaron, one of y'all. And guess what? We'll be in love when all y'all leave, praise God. Because when I go home, I don't go home with y'all. Praise God, I don't go home with y'all. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And so I want to do a little recapitulation on what we've already covered. So let's get into what I want to share with you now. Uh, at the point in David's life right now, because we've been talking about David, uh, what we will find when we go to the word of God is that jealousy and insecurity and suspicion has crept up into Saul, King Saul at this particular time. And Saul now is angry. He's aggressive towards David. If you guys know the story, please indulge me just to kind of skip some stuff. Uh, go back and read the story of David because I want to get into what we're talking about here. And, and last Sunday, I talked about uh, King Saul. He actually prophesied uh, in, in the presence of God. And right after King Saul prophesied, the Bible says that he picked up a javelin and he threw it at David. And I thought that was very strange because how you prophesy, how you act spiritual. And then the next thing you do, you try to kill your brother. I just thought that was very strange that he prophesied. The Bible said he prophesied. And then the very next verse, he picked up a javelin to try to kill David. You know what that speaks of? That speaks of religious people and religious organizations who will speak over you while at the same time try to kill your anointing. See, they want you to be blessed. They want you to go out and do certain things only if you stay within our parameters. Uh, you might not know what I'm talking about here, but uh, there are some places that you can go and you know you're called by God. But even when you get up and voice what God is doing in your life, you might get shut down. Because <laughs> you didn't come up through the proper ranks. That might be my problem. <laughs> I didn't come up through the proper school and the proper denomination and the proper ranks. And I'm glad I didn't. Hallelujah to God. And so this is what we are seeing here, and we learn uh, this about King Saul. And Saul has become a man that is out of control. And so now the prophet Samuel has come to King Saul and said, Saul, God has stripped the nation out of your hands and given it to another, and he knew it was King David. So the point of Scripture that I want to pick up now is going to be in 1 Samuel chapter 19 because Saul had a board meeting with Prince Jonathan and all of his servants. So I want to pick up the story at this board meeting to see what our next point is about being a, the, about the power of covenant-connected relationships. So 1 Samuel chapter 19, we're going to start reading at verse 1 uh, and, and look at this board meeting. So the Bible says, Now Saul spoke to Jonathan his son and to all his servants that they should kill David, but Jonathan and Saul's son delighted greatly in David. So Saul called his son and he called his servants together to let them know, listen, I need you guys to kill David. I can't every time I'm missing. Right. And so since I can't kill him, I need you to kill him for me. But the Bible, did you hear what it, that last part of that, that verse says? But Saul's son delighted greatly in David. And see, sometimes, saints of God, you might get around people who try to sway you to think differently about certain people. And, and see, and it may not, 
but it may not be a righteous cause. And, and sometimes you have to step back for a second and see what's really going on. And, and the Bible teaches us how to handle people like that. So when somebody comes to you to talk about somebody else, the Bible says, no, you, you stop them and say, oh, before you say something about that person, let's go to that person right now and let's talk about that right now with that person in the room. And no, no. And usually those people say, well, maybe, maybe, maybe I need to pray about that a little longer. Well, maybe you do. Because you can't come to me about somebody in the church without me saying, no, before you open your mouth, let's go to them first. And then you open your mouth so we can have this discussion. <laughs> so a lot of times people that want to talk, they don't want to fix it. They just want to talk about it because the Bible is clear on how to fix it. Go to your brother. No, we just want to be mad and vexed. Then you really don't want it resolved. You really want to be mad because you want somebody you can blame. Amen. We got to get past that, saints of God. Then the Bible goes on to say, so Jonathan told David, saying, my father Saul seeks to kill you. Therefore, please be on your guard until morning and stay in the secret place and hide. Isn't that awesome? So the next point I want to talk about is covenant connected people can find protection in the secret place. In the secret place. See, even though Saul wanted David killed, Jonathan was committed to David. Well, why do we know that? Well, we got to go back to 1 Samuel chapter 18. Back when I preached before is Jonathan and David, they made a covenant with one another. Amen. Jonathan was the prince. He was the king's son. Jonathan took off his royal robe. He, he took off his sword, and he, he laid it down before David, and they traded a relationship. Are you seeing this with me here? And so because they had already traded a relationship with one another, his daddy, his biological father says, I want you to kill David. But what Jonathan understood was covenant because the blood of the covenant was thicker than the blood of his daddy. And sometimes when you are in church, saints of God, sometimes when you understand what covenant really means, it might mean you might have to go against something somebody in your family is asking you to do. They may not understand your relationship with God. They may not understand that, listen, I'm trying to live a holy life. I'm trying to be righteous and you trying to mess me up. And sometimes we have to go against family if it's, if, it's, if, it's, uh, if it's trying to get you to do something that's against your values. Is this making sense at all? And so what, what we see here is the scripture says, my father Saul seeks to kill you. See, Saul represents that spirit that tries to keep us from establishing covenant-connected relationships. Uh, you, you probably have dealt with that spirit before because you get a sense of call, uh, a call of God on your life, and, and, and then you begin to move out, and you start telling people about what God wants you to do. You know, y'all, you get excited, right? Boy, let me tell you what God wants me to do. Oh, you start telling folks, and then, then you know by their facial expression that, that you, you really ain't seeing this. You see it already. You know, God, God, ooh, God has called me to evangelize the community. Oh, I am so excited about going out and telling people about Jesus. And they're looking at you like, mm-hmm. And you want them to be enthusiastic about what God has called you to do. As a matter of fact, you want them to be excited that you heard from God. Yes. And you can't wait. You tell people about it. And then they look back at you. They go, how you going to do all that? I know you. 
I remember when, see, see, here you go, here you go, here you go, people that know you. I remember when we used to run the clubs. See, they're going to base where you are based on wherever you've been. And so listen, listen, don't allow people to take you back. You're in a different place right now. And, and you can gladly, with love, say, you know, you're right, we used to run the clubs, because I used to run the clubs. But I don't run the clubs no more. I run for Jesus now, amen? And listen, if you can't get on the train, I'm sorry, but I'm not getting off. Yeah, you call me a holy roller, this might be true, but if you get too close, you'll become a holy roller too. Amen? Listen, no, 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 you're not going to drive me back. I'm not going back there. The song said, I won't go back. Amen. I'm not going back there, man. I was, I was dying and going to hell back there. I'm not going back there. Now, listen, I know I'm not in the place where I know God wants me to be, but I'm on my way. Amen. Amen. I know I still got some issues. I got some stuff. I got some issues I me and God talk about. Oh, y'all got some stuff, right? Y'all, uh, how many of y'all don't have any issues? I'm just, no, Pastor, I don't have any issues. And I want to see you after church. Because we want the whole church laying hands on you because everybody got issues. Amen. Everybody got some issues, including the one that's speaking to you. So since we all got issues and we all just tore up from the floor, can we just get along with each other? Can we just believe in one another? Amen. See, Jonathan had a covenant relationship with David that his daddy did not understand. See, every time you obey God, there's always going to be people to try to come and criticize you. See, if, if, if they can't kill your spirit, they try to kill it by spreading lies on you. They start talking bad about you. They start spreading rumors about you, fabricating the truth. They mix a little bit of a lie with the truth, you know, to say negative things about you and, and stuff like that. And what are they trying to do? See, they're not where they need to be, so they don't want you to be where you ought to be. So they're going to do everything to try to pull you back into their madness. Come on now. You guys probably know people to try to pull you back into their madness because every time you talk to them, you feel like you got to take a bath afterwards because there's so much stuff that they've just dumped on you. Right? Come on. We all have people like that. Amen? But let me tell you something. Rumor has it that no weapon formed against you shall be able to prosper, and every tongue that rises against you shall be condemned. I heard that rumor has it that even though the enemies might come at you one way, they shall flee from you seven ways. And you must believe what God is saying in the truth of his, of his word so that you can defeat the rumors of the lies. Yeah, yeah. John said, I must decrease so he can increase. So in other words, you got to get enough of God compressed inside of you to push all the world out of you. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about here. Amen. Some of y'all, how many of y'all just had people just to viciously lie on you just to say something negative about you? Amen. And then when you go to them, they, 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 they say, no, that's not really what I said. I meant to say, yeah, write this down. When people try to cut you down with negative and vindictive words, stay in the secret place. Stay in the secret place. When people try to cut you down with negativity and vindictive words, just stay in the secret place. Let me just give you some scripture real quick, and we're going to go to the last point, and I'm done. Psalms 91 and 1 says, he that dwells in the secret place. We all know that scripture, but what you may not know is the word secret in the Hebrew in that particular text means concealed. Concealed. That when you're concealed, that means God has got you. That means he's, he's, he's hovering over you. 
That means that all the negativity has to hit him before it gets to you. But notice the word dwell. That's, that's, that's in the present tense. Uh, you, you, you can't just dwell there yesterday. <laughs> well, because I prayed yesterday, I must be dwelling in the secret place. No. Dwell is in the present tense. means you must dwell right now. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High God shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And it's the word, the Hebrew word conceal, but it confirms the, the Greek word in Colossians chapter 3, verse 3, when it says that you are dead and your life is hid with Christ. The word hid is the Greek word meaning conceal, like the Hebrew word secret. So in other words, in the Old and the New Testament, when we are under the secret place or when we dwell in the secret place, we're hid from all of the negativity and God will deal with those people. And you don't have to. Just stay in the secret place. You hear me, saints? Don't allow people to pull you into their madness. That means you give them too much control. When you say you go around some, a person, you say, they always make me angry. Then you need to take the control back. You should always make them feel like they're full of joy. <laughs> Amen? Because we, we, we don't overcome evil with evil. We overcome evil with what? We're good. Amen? So is this making sense at all? Okay. So, so covenant-connected people, uh, they will always have a place, a secret place. If you stay in covenant with God and with, in covenant with people, God will always make sure that you have a place that you can hide. And normally, for me, it's in his word. I just run back to his word and just pray on it and say, God, I don't know how to handle this. I know every time I get around them, I get confused. They try to, they try to confuse me on my, on my call in my life, and they try to destroy what you want to do in my life. But, God, I need you to speak to me. And the word of God is what solidifies your call. Amen? Glory to God. So let's, let's go to the next one here. And so uh, let's go to 1 Samuel chapter 20. 1 Samuel chapter 20. I like reading a lot of Bible, so let's do this. 1 Samuel chapter 20. We're going to read a few verses here. I'll give you your next point, and then we're going to pray. First Samuel chapter 20, verse 11, it says, And Jonathan said to David, Come, let us go out into the field. So both of them went out into the field. Then Jonathan said to David, The Lord God of Israel is witness. When I have sounded out uh, my father sometime tomorrow or the third day, and indeed there is, a good, there is good towards David, and I do not send, you, uh, send to you and tell you, May the Lord do so and much more to Jonathan. But if it pleases my father to do you evil, then I will report it to you and send you away that you may go in safety. And the Lord be with you as he has been with me, with my father. And you shall not only show me kindness of the Lord while I still live, that I may not die, but you shall not cut off your kindness from my house forever. No, not when the Lord has cut off every one of the enemies of David from the face of the earth. So Jonathan made a covenant with the house of David, saying, Let the Lord require it at the hand of David's enemies. Now Jonathan again caused David, uh, um, again caused David a vow because he loved him, for he loved him as he loved his own soul. So here's the next point. Covenant-connected people are intimate and they're passionate. They're intimate and they are passionate. I don't know if you caught some, some of those words in there with Jonathan, but, but, but God would allow you to join uh, with other people who are passionate and who, are, or who want to be intimate with you. And listen, let me just clear up some stuff because uh, I know some of the, the, the uh, more liberal Bible clip critics will, will claim that somehow Jonathan and David had a homosexual relationship. This had nothing to do with sex. 
first and foremost, you need to understand that this was about a spiritual fulfillment, not physical. So this had nothing to do with sex at all in the Bible. And no, you can't condone homosexuality because of the scripture. So let me just make that straight right there. Let me just, that's the point. Now listen, I'm not trying to be negative or anything about homosexual people. That they've made a choice, and I still love them. Amen? But you can't use this scripture in that context to say that it's, God says it's okay. You must understand this spiritually, not with natural context, right? Because see, the natural man can't discern the things of the Spirit of God, nor can they know them, because they must be what? Spiritually discern in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. You need to understand that. So unless you discern this spiritually, you will miss the context of this. And I know we live in a sexualized generation. Everything is about sensual things and sex. Every movie, every commercial, everything that you watch today is all about sex. Why? Because the enemy wants to pre-program you to make sure that anything and everything that everybody does, it's okay because they like doing it. Well, that's diametrically opposed to the gospel message. Any and everything is not right. Though it may feel good, it may not be good for you. Amen. Amen? And so first, let me just lay out that context. And let me just put it right out there to let you know that this was about a spiritual fulfillment with David and Jonathan. They made a covenant with one another, a spiritual covenant with one another. In other words, they became intimate and passionate about their relationship. So let me, let me just make this personal uh, today because a lot of times uh, a lot of people in the church would glibly sit back and, uh, and they, they, they are deceiving themselves. So let me ask you a question. Uh, there, anybody in this room that you can think of right now, right now, and uh, outside of your spouse, outside of your children or your cousin and booking them, <laughs> is there anyone outside of those, that realm that you are intimate and passionate in a relationship with that is not having to do with anything sensual. Okay? If you don't have that kind of relationship, you need to find one. I'm telling you, I cannot be a pastor, or I could not be one, if I had not had that relationship outside of my bride. Now, I lost my best friend last year, just before Thanksgiving. It was her dad. And daddy was not only my mentor, he was my friend. He was the man that told me that I would one day be preaching the word. I wasn't even saved yet. I looked at dad, I said, I almost cussed. I said, no, ain't no way I'm going to be in the pulpit preaching. Not me. I ain't getting up there. But he believed in me. And I didn't even believe in myself at that time. But he spoke into my life. And when I had stuff, when I was dealing with stuff with her, I could go to him and say, I I'm all right now. I'm talking to Elder Jordan now. So he knew to take his daddy hat off. And I was able to be intimately connected with this man because I shared my heart with him. He knew me better than my own father. Because I was connected with him in a way where it, God would give him a dream. And he would call me up and say, I've been dreaming about you. This is what, God, get up right now. God told me to tell you this. See, Everybody in this room, let me talk to the men for a second because men are so full of pride you think you don't need anybody. You need somebody in your life. 
And we got to get out of this arrogant attitude. I don't need nobody. Yes, you do. You need somebody. That's why you messed up because you don't have a relationship with your own daddy. And all of us sometimes carry wounds from our fathers. Even if you do know your father, there's always things in there and we carry wounds. And cover sores don't heal. And we just cover up and being self-absorbed and obnoxious and arrogant. Knowing when you get alone, you know you need somebody to speak into your life. I'm talking to the men right now. I know I need it. I need somebody to be able to, I can connect with on a, an intimate level that get beyond this pastoral stuff where I can be John Lofton and say, brother, I wanted to slap the fire out of them. <laughs> oh, y'all might not know we, we, we do get that way. More often than not. Actually, I probably would have used another word. <laughs> But I want to be intimately connected with a man that can speak into my life. I still have that in Bishop, Bishop Jenkins. That he know he can speak into my life. He can, he can tell me what I need to be doing. Somebody that you're connected with that can tell you stuff that you don't get angry about it because you know they, they got your destiny tied up here. They understand where God has taken you. So they're always going to, they're going to speak words to build you up, but everything that they speak to you may not feel good. Everybody needs somebody like that. Ladies. Come on, you, you can get that way too. Women can get into their little bubble. But they don't let anybody in that bubble. Because the last person I let in this bubble, they hurt me. And nobody going to hurt me again like that. And then guess what? Can't nobody get in, but you can't get out. <laughs> you just stuck. <laughs> it's like you in a fish tank. And you see everything happening out there, you just... I'm sorry. Y'all was looking too serious. I had to break this thing up a little bit. Is this making sense, guys? You, you seeing this with me? So listen, find somebody that you can be intimate and passionately uh, connected to in, in the church. Somebody that's spiritual. Make sure it's somebody that's spiritual. <laughs> okay. You know, okay. Single women. Single women. Let me help you out and I'm done. Single women. Don't be out there connecting with married folks like that. If that man is married, leave that man alone. You don't need to be meeting him and stuff like that. Hello. Right? Oh, you know, he's my best friend. You need to find you another friend. You don't get yourself in trouble with that wife. I'm telling you right now, you really gonna have some drama. Oh, we, we, it was all spiritual, but she ain't gonna be spiritual. Oh, she crack you upside your head with that with that four-inch heel. That ain't gonna be spiritual. <laughs> Amen. You, you, fellas, you hearing that? Get your eyes off of these ladies. Get that snap, that snap back neck and put your eyes back where they belong. Amen? <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? See, the CIAA getting ready to come. <laughs> see, see, the men just got real holy. Did y'all see that? <laughs> Pastor, I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. If you ever been in Uptown during CIAA, I work there. You will see spandex like you have never seen spandex before in your life. And I'm telling you, men, you have to have some holiness about you. <laughs> I ain't playing. I'm serious. Right? 
So listen, this is what I would like for you guys to do. I'm done. I'm going to pray, but, but this is what I would like for you to do. I need you to make an effort to do this, um, especially in this church. And even with those that are visiting with us, do this. Um, make an effort to take somebody to lunch. You already told you the parameters. Men, call another guy. <laughs> Ladies, call another woman. Uh, take somebody to lunch. You know, ask him about their life. How you doing? Are you okay? What can I pray for in your life? You know, is there anything right now that I can help you with? See, we got a lot of professional people in this church. A lot of people work at the banks and all these other places. This is a place you can also network. We got some smart people in church. But see, when you give your heart to Jesus, you don't leave your brain outside the door. You bring your brains on up in here. Amen. I like smart people around me. That make me look good. I like being in a room full of people smarter than me. I like having a church full of smart people like you because I want to use your resources and your gifts and your talents. I don't, I don't have to be up here every Sunday. I don't care nothing about all that. They get mad at that, but. I want you to be used. I want your gifts to be used. I want these young people to see that they can be used. I want these youth to see, listen, I can stand for Jesus in, in the school, and guess what? You got people that's going to back you up. You just give me a phone call. We'll raise up on any school. Amen. Oh, no. If somebody can, can, can pray on a, on a carpet three times a day, oh, yes, you can say the name of Jesus in the classroom. And it's time for the church to start standing for what's right and stop bowing down to this world. Amen? Because you do have a right. You have a fundamental right. It's called free speech. And you hear people trying to shut down the church, but they ain't shutting me down. Bank of America can't shut me down. I'm going to talk about Jesus. I don't care where I am. I don't care my manager don't like it. I don't care. Don't ask me about it. Don't ask me about my life. You don't want to know about Jesus. Don't ask me to pray either. I ain't blessing no food unless I'm blessing it in the name of Jesus. Leave me alone. I bless my own food. <laughs> Hello? You hearing this? Listen, listen. A lot of you guys like to work out and stuff. Call up another church member and say, hey, you want to go to the gym with me? You want to go to Zumba? I don't go to Zumba because I had to repent. <laughs> See, unless you've been to Zumba, you won't know what I'm talking about. I, I couldn't do Zuma, boy. I, I, I told my wife, I got to walk out of here. I can't, I, can't, I can't handle all that pelvic thrusting and stuff. I can't do that. <laughs> Call somebody. Y'all hear what I'm saying? I'm sorry. I, I just got real spiritual then, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> oh, what about going to the movies? You know, Call up another family and say, hey, let's, let's, let's check out a movie. You know, make sure it's a wholesome movie. You know, don't, not that Fifty Shades of Grey kind of crap. Now, how many already been? I, no, don't raise your hand. <laughs> ain't nothing but sex. That's all it is. It's you being pre-programmed. Um, what about having prayer partners? Call somebody up for prayer. How about that? And uh, then I had another one here. And I know when I say this, I know I'm going to say it anyway. What about shopping buddies? Yeah, I said I know. I know it. See, sometimes... Sometimes you can just get people. Some people just like going to the mall. I like going to the mall. I ain't nothing wrong with window shopping. You get some good exercise in the mall, especially with my family, because you're going to go around the mall. I mean, you're going to go around. Sometimes they're going around with me, right? 
So listen, here are just, there's just some things, guys, just to help you connect with one another. Because everything don't have to be spiritual. Stop all this spiritual stuff. Stop all this stuff. You got to speak a scripture just to speak to somebody. Just say hello. People respond, hello. I had a brother in the elevator. Hey, brother, how you doing? Brother, I'm blessed going in. I'm blessed coming out. Praise God. <laughs> Dad, bro, I just said good morning. <laughs> okay. All right, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you so much, Lord, for your word. I just thank you, God, that we can be in a church where we can laugh and have a good time, but we still learn your, your word. We hope you've been blessed by today's powerful teaching. Thank you for your continued prayers and financial support of this ministry. Visit us in person at 5805 West Highway 74 in Indian Trail, North Carolina. That's near Lowe's Hardware. Or you can find us on the web at www.changeatc3.org. That's change, C-H-A-N-G-E-A-T-C, the number three, dot org. Or call us at 704-821-7368. Covenant Community Church, where the truth is revealed.